You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 136. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I am the host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, a wealth advisor, and a Dave Ramsey Smartvester Pro. It is great to see you today. And today's topic is new retirement and tax opportunities provided by the 2019 SECURE Act. But before we get to the topic of the day, I want to just give you a little update on, you know, a couple weeks ago, I did an episode on setting your 2020 goals, and I set eight to 10 of them myself, and I have been okay at some and really good at others, but I've failed. I've failed at one. i failed so far at the goal, building my family cornerstone, building abundance inside of my family cornerstone. So I had a couple of different goals there. One was to actually schedule date nights with my wife and with my kids because I know this much if I don't schedule this stuff in advance it ain't happening and I haven't scheduled one yet in 2020 the other thing that I committed to is this app that I've been given to by All Pro Dads. If you know me, I run All Pro Dads at uh, two schools, two of my kids' schools right now. And I was given this free app, and this app is called Lasting. It's almost like a marriage counseling kind of an app. Now, my wife and I are doing awesome. We're doing fantastic, but we're always looking to, or at least we talk about it, we talk about ways to strengthen our marriage. And all of these, or this lasting app, has different modules inside of them, like emotional connection and communication and conflict and in-laws and things like that. And there's little quizzes and worksheets and questions within each module that we both do separately. And then the idea is after we're done with one of these little modules that we get together and talk about it, maybe before we go to bed. Well, we haven't gotten together and talked about it because I haven't done any of them yet in 2020. There's there's a total of of the exercises, maybe 30 or 40 exercises, because each each of these modules, like communication, might have six different mini modules inside of the larger communication module. So I have to get working on that particular cornerstone that I'm looking to build abundance in. 
You know, because we are so busy. And when I say we, I mean society on all the things that we do. We're working really hard in our jobs. We're trying to to stay healthy, exercise. We got to cook. We got to get groceries. We got to clean. We got to take our kids back and forth. Some of you are single parents out there that are trying to just do it on your own, which is, I can just imagine, so, so difficult. So when it comes time to build abundance within our cornerstones, with our kids, with our significant others, we don't actually get to that. So that's what I'm really trying to keep at the forefront of my mind. And I need to get better at these kind of goals. Now, what are the things that you are struggling with, with the goals that you've set in 2020? It's never too late to recommit today. And this is coming from a guy who starts a Jan 1 health plan every single year and sometimes doesn't last very long. Um, I'm still on it right now. I'm still on my health plan, was at the gym this morning, but I need work in other areas. What areas do you need work in? Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. New retirement and tax opportunities provided by the 2019 SECURE Act. So this act was by no means as large as the Tax Cut and Jobs Act that was done previously a couple of years ago, but there's still some nuggets in here that we need to be aware of as we're planning our retirement. So I by no means am I going to go through everything, but I'm going to highlight a few things that could affect you and your retirement or tax strategy. Now that is, of course, if you have a retirement in tax strategy, and I sure hope that you do or you will find one or find assistance building these kinds of strategies. Now, the first one is the elimination of the stretch provision on inherited IRAs. Now, some of you listening may not even know what an inherited IRA is. So I'm going to go through this. I'm not going to spend a ton of time, but something you need to be aware of. So if you have an IRA right now, or a 401k for that matter, and you die, well, that IRA goes to your beneficiaries. If if your primary beneficiary is your spouse, then your spouse can just roll your IRA right up into her IRA and continue moving or have a beneficiary IRA but not have to take anything out of it. Seems simple. However, if the beneficiary is anyone other than your spouse, with a few exceptions, well, then in the past, you could start taking RMDs out of that stretch IRA to stretch through your lifetime. There's a table that the government provides. You need to take X amount out each year, kind of like doing RMDs for an R, um, for an IRA or 401k after you turn 70 and a half, which is actually 72 now, but that's, that's in my next point that I'm going to make about this new act. So that whole stretch IRA, it was great because we could really start to limit taxes paid on these 
inherited IRAs because when money comes out of an IRA, it counts as income. So you, if you're making a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars a year, and now you have inherited an IRA, that's great. But if you need to take out a thousand or two thousand or ten thousand dollars out of that IRA that might be worth a hundred or two hundred thousand, well, you have to pay taxes on that, and you're going to be pushed up into those higher tax rates, like like the you know high twenties or low thirties, depending on how much money you're making. So the stretch IRA allowed us to not take much out. That is gone. That is gone now. Now you must take all the money out of your inherited IRA within ten years. Now, you can wait and take nothing out for nine years, and then that 10th year, take everything out, but it all has tax implications. The negative in this whole thing is if you inherit a half a million dollar IRA, that's going to be a lot of taxes that you're going to have to pay on top of the income you're already earning. So that's a bummer. However, there's still planning strategies. The planning strategies come in if you inherit this IRA and you plan to retire in four or five or six years. Well, then we want to hold off on any of these distributions from this inherited IRA until you retire. Think about it. If you were making $100,000 or even $50,000 and now you're retired, technically not making anything, Now, this money that's coming out of this inherited IRA is going to be taxed at a much lower tax bracket than when you were married. Now, you have to coordinate that with your retirement plan to make sure everything works out, which is why you should always get the assistance from a certified financial planner, a fee-only registered investment advisor, such as Fortress Planning Group, such as the company um, that I founded in 2011. All right, there are some exceptions, very little. One exception I already told you about, if you are the spouse, if you're the beneficiary and you're the spouse. A couple of other ones, if you're disabled, you can stretch that IRA out. If you're chronically ill, as defined by the government, you, uh, you can stretch it out. Individuals who are not more than 10 years younger than the decedent, you don't have to worry about taking it out within 10 years. And finally, certain minor children do not have to take the money out if they inherit an IRA until they turn the age of majority, which could be 21, and then that 10-year timetable starts. So the first point of the elimination of the stretch provision in the inherited IRA, kind of a strike against us. I would have liked to still have this. The second is actually a positive. We are lifting, we, the government, has lifted the restriction on making contributions to a traditional IRA after age 70 and a half. So what do I mean by this? In the past, before 2020, if you were 70 and a half, you could not make contributions to your traditional IRA anytime after age 70 and a half. That restriction is lifted. You can keep contributing to a traditional IRA after age 70 and a half. But remember, the the catch is you need to have earned income. You need to be working somewhere to earn income to contribute. 
You can't take money from your savings account to contribute to a traditional IRA if there's no earned income. So keep that in mind. Now, the third thing in the SECURE Act that I want to point out is the government has increased the time when you need to start taking RMDs. It used to be age 70 and a half, which was kind of weird and crazy because 70 and a half, really? Like, who made up that law? Who did that? Why would you start the RMD schedule at 70 and a half? Well, that age is now lifted to 72. So if you're unaware what an RMD is anyway, once you turn 72, the government starts making you through required minimum distributions. It's a timetable that we go by where money has to come out of your IRA. It has to come out because the government wants to eventually tax that deferred IRA account. So in the past, at age 70 and a half, you needed to start taking those RMDs. Now, there were a couple rules behind there. You could, depending on when you turn 70 and a half, you could delay a little bit. Now it's 72, though. An interesting note, though, is that 80% of people take more out than the required minimum distribution anyway. Only 20% actually take only the RMD out. And I imagine that it's the people with the most money that are forced to take out many thousands of dollars that they don't really want to because they're not going to spend it anyway. Think about it. We're in this age where we're really accumulating huge amounts of dollars in our 401ks and our IRAs. Where that RMD schedule, once you turn you know, 75 and 80, you might be forced to take out hundreds of thousands of dollars per year out of your IRA, which could cause a lot of taxes. Now that age starts at 72. Now I consider this a huge positive. Why? Because think about that huge bloated IRA or 401k. And if you're an early retiree, let's say 60, and you are practicing smart social security strategy, and you have a large taxable account to live off of for a few years, now we can start doing Roth conversions at really low tax rates to get your ballooned IRA or 401k balance down so those RMDs don't hit you like they could. That is smart tax strategy. And now that that RMD required minimum distribution age is raised to 72, there's more opportunity to push more into a Roth conversion after you retire in very low tax brackets. We are literally saving our clients thousands and thousands of dollars by utilizing this strategy in the right circumstances. And I want you to note one more thing, though, about this new RMD up to 72, is that the charitable contribution from an IRA still holds at 70 and a half. So you can contribute money directly from your IRA it's a qualified IRA distribution to a charity, which is, of course, tax deductible because now you don't have to pay tax on that charitable contribution. Why is this so important? Because so many of us 
are limited to the standard deduction now because the standard deduction a couple years got raised so high and that includes charitable contributions. So we might donate $10,000 to our church, but we still don't get above that standard deduction, especially when you're retired and your house is paid off. There's not a lot of places to get deductions. Well, charitable contributions were one, but now with the, the super high ceiling, we're contributing or we're giving money away, but we're not getting the tax deduction for it. Well, with the IRA transfer right to a charity, we don't have to worry about the tax deduction or the standard deduction because we're already getting it right when we make that transfer. So the cool thing is the RMD age and being able to contribute directly from your IRA to a charity was 70 and a half. Now the RMD age has been raised to 72. However, we can still start these charitable contributions from your IRA at age 70 and a half. Makes sense? Crystal clear, right? All right, we're getting through a few more. The other ones I'm going to go through a lot quicker because I don't want to make this too long or you're going to turn off the podcast talking about the SECURE Act, but this stuff is important. There's another provision where now you can take a penalty-free $5,000 out of your IRA for adoption or qualified birth. Another one that I need to talk about and spend a couple of minutes on is now there's the use of life income options in a 401k is much easier. Let me explain this. Basically, we're talking about an annuity option inside of your 401k. Currently, about 10% of all 401ks have an annuity option. Now, if you've known me long enough, you know that in most circumstances, I cannot stand annuities. They serve their purpose in some circumstances, but not most circumstances. So if you start seeing these annuity options inside of your 401k, be careful. It is no wonder that the insurance companies, the large insurance companies were pushing and applauding for this new provision. And let me tell you what it is. Currently, the fiduciary over your 401k plan would have gotten in a lot of trouble if there was a new if there was an annuity option inside of your 401k and something happened to that life insurance company that was providing that option like they went out of business well then any money in that annuity option is gone it is gone so that's a big problem for a fiduciary over a 401k plan well now the government has made it much easier for an annuity option to go in a 401k and the fiduciary over the plan not being held liable. If they pass just a couple of tests and it's the length of the insurance company and a couple of other things. They also need to take a look at expenses. If you know anything about annuities, annuities can be so expensive. They can eat up a good portion of any of your earnings that you might have earned inside of this annuity. And so these fiduciaries need to take into account expenses of the annuity, but they don't need to choose the lowest option. So you still could have a very expensive annuity option 
inside of your 401k plan. So be careful because they are going to start appearing in 401k plans more and more now because the fiduciaries over the plan are not going to be held liable in most situations. The other problem with these annuity options inside of a 401k is what if there's an event that happens, like you retire or you move jobs and you want to roll away from the plan? That annuity, you cannot roll into an IRA simply like you can with all of your other 401k options or roll it into your new current employer that doesn't have an annuity option or that annuity option. So there are some provisions when there's a distributable event like separation of service, death, attainment of age 59, that in those situations, participants will be allowed to distribute their plan annuity in kind beginning 90 days prior to the elimination of the annuity as a plan investment option. So there is a little bit of an out, but for a lot lot of people, once you're in those annuities, they're so hard to get out of. So be careful. All right, I'm running out of time, so I'm going to just go through a couple of other things. There's tax credits in here for small businesses, setting up 401ks, other small business stuff. There's other non-retirement provisions in the SECURE Act, like they repealed the new kitty tax laws in the Tax Cuts and Job Act. So it was around these new kitty tax laws for a couple years. Now they're repealed. There's adjustments to the medical tax deduction. So the last couple of years, it was lowered from 10% to 7.5% of adjusted gross income. And now it's back again for 2019 and 2020. Just no guarantees. Here's a good one. There's been expanded provisions in 529 plans. The biggest one that I see is now you can use money in 529 plans to pay back $10,000 of student loans. Previously, you could not use the 529 to pay any student loans. Now you can. $10,000 is the limit and it does not inflate in subsequent years. Uh, 529 plans can now be used for apprenticeships as well. And there's a couple of other little ones. There is the mortgage insurance premium deduction is inside of this SECURE Act. And there's other higher education, tuition, and fees deductions that, that were gone and now they're here. So there is stuff inside of this plan, but these big ones like the elimination of the stretch provision. That can be huge. Lots of planning opportunities there. Lifting restrictions on making I, on making IRA contributions after 70 and a half. Lots of planning opportunities. Increasing the time when you need to take RMDs. Lots of planning opportunities. And finally, with the 529 plan, lots of new opportunities for us to take advantage of the tax-free gain inside of that 529 plan. Let's be careful when we start seeing annuity options inside of our 401k. All 
All right, as we start to wrap up this podcast, I did want to tell you what is going well with my goals, and that is my detox, which was 14 days, went awesome. It went so great. I have so much energy that I have continued on during the week with the detox program. That means I am currently dairy-free, alcohol-free, caffeine-free, gluten-free, and sugar-free. But it's Friday today, so no guarantees what's going to happen tonight and tomorrow. But it has provided me even more energy than I already have. So I'm not sure if my wife appreciates this plan or not, because basically I'm louder than I've ever been. But all this energy is helping because we are taking this podcast to the next level. My partner, Kevin, is working hard behind the scenes. We have a new website at bestandwealth.com. Glitches have been figured out with iTunes. That stuff is fixed, although there are still a few glitches on the actual website. We're working on it, though. Things are looking good, but I do have one final request before I get off here, and that is... From, I need a request for you to give a review on iTunes of the Best in Wealth podcast. This will allow more listeners to find the Best in Wealth podcast when they search things like investment planning or retirement um, planning or things like that. So I am basically begging you to get on that purple iTunes app on your iPhone and write a review for Best in Wealth. I would appreciate that so very much. And if you have any questions at all, I want you to email me, scott at bestinwealth.com. And if you're looking to take your planning to the next level, go to bestinwealth.com and click on the button to start having a conversation with Kevin or myself. That button is available at fortressplanninggroup.com and bestinwealth.com. You all have a great, great, great weekend, though, and a great day, and I will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everyone. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.